Dan Perkins Media proudly presents Moms Across America, a program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now, here are the moms. Hello, and welcome to Moms Across America. This is Vicki Tonkins with my co-host, Annie Ulibus, and then also Dan Perkins is going to be with us again today. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to get your free constitution at ashbook.org forward slash constitution. Thank you so much again for being here with us. We're going to let Dan go first. He wants to share with us something that, um, um, I guess it's a non, is it a nonprofit yes. Yes, uh, program that you do? So Dan's going to share that with us a little bit and maybe I'll share some stuff about that too. Okay. I when, when our house was pretty well destroyed on Sanibel, we moved to Fort Myers and we're looking for a church to join. And we went to one and didn't like it. And then we went to a, another one, which was called John the 23rd, named after Pope John the 23rd. And they have a men's Knights of Columbus. I've been in Catholic churches since I could ever remember and never joined the, the Knights of Columbus. For some reason, I decided I'd like to take a look and see because I was looking for something social outreach something to do positive and the knights are unbelievable at what they the money they raise for all kinds of different organizations so um as bashful as i am um about three months after i joined the group i suggested a fundraiser for christmas and uh what i brought to them is a fundraiser that i had used in other churches with the men's group and we sell amaryllis bulbs. I don't know if you know anything about amaryllis bulbs. They're 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 Christmas bulbs. They produce beautiful red or white or all kinds of different colors. But we prefer I prefer the red, the Christmas red. So I said that my wife and I would pay for the first hundred, and immediately one of the members said, "Okay, then we should match that with another hundred bulbs." So we entered in and bought 200 bulbs, not knowing if we could sell any of them because it, most of the people didn't have any idea what the amaryllis was. In three weeks, we sold 200 bulbs. We were wow. actually turn, turning people away. And here's the kicker. We get, the men's, the Knights of Columbus contributed 100% of all the money they made to two pregnancy crisis centers to pay for sonograms awesome. so that expected mothers could see what's going on inside them, hear the baby's heartbreak and see the profile. So on Sunday or Monday was our monthly meeting. I said, gentlemen, we sold 200 bulbs and we provided the opportunity to save 200 babies. That's beautiful. And that's, that's my best Christmas ever. Yes, that's a blessed gift. Absolutely Thank blessed so gift. Much. Yep. So the, the guys were just thrilled. So are we going to do it again next year? Yeah, maybe a little bigger. Maybe Probably. we go to 225 bulbs. But anyway, thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell my Christmas story. So ladies, it's your show. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that, Dan. That is, that is being proactive in our pro-life fight. And uh, I think you all know that we are believe in life. And so um, that that's thrilling to me. 
So Miss Annie, how you doing? I missed you last week. I wasn't here. <laughs> no, we, we missed you too. We missed you too. And, and listen, to be honest, it's been a little crazy around my house because on Saturday I'm getting married. <gasps> what? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I met I met a wonderful gentleman. Uh he's a uh, Cuban refugee from Castro. Came here in the 60s with the uh, children left. And uh, he, like me, is a proud American, and he goes to GOP meetings with me and Tea Party meetings with me. And <laughs> and uh, Saturday, we decided wow. to tie the knot. little quiet well, ceremony. Well, congratulations. So if I seem a little nuts and things are upside down and backwards, <laughs> I'm working <laughs> on husband number three. <laughs> well, congratulations to you. I hope you guys live a very happy married life. Yes. And he even takes my mom to therapy. He goes to therapy with her. Oh, <laughs> so, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds like a keeper for sure. Uh, he is. He is. <laughs> he managed to escape for a long time, but I, I wheeled him in. I hope <laughs> wheeled him. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you uh, had wanted us to speak to this uh, situation that happened here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes, living in this state, I feel like we're a petri dish. Let's just try everything in Colorado and see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, it's about these parents who discovered that their 11-year-old daughter on a field trip or a sports trip um, was forced to share a bed now, this child is 11 years old. Let me right. 11 mm -hmm. to share a bed with a biological male. This is a young boy who um, believes he is a girl and um, was in a room with the girls and they had to share a bed. I'm assuming, you know, you usually have four in a room, two to a bed and um what I found interesting in the research that I did on this, Annie, the mom was there. She was one of the chaperones. Correct. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting how all this happened. And of course, we're hearing about it. Uh, I think this happened in the summer. We didn't hear about it until December. Correct. Um, yeah. So what, what was your take on all this? Uh, I think that young girl, the 11 year old girl was very brave, very smart and very brave. And thankfully so. Uh, fortunately, her mother was there uh, when she found that she was going to be bunking with this male, biological male. Uh, she hid in the bathroom trying to figure out what to do. And finally, you know, her mom became aware of the situation. Um, they are bringing it up, I believe, to the school board. I'm just going through memory on what I sent you because I haven't had a chance to refresh I reread it this morning, so I apologize for that. But they are going after the school board and saying, why did this happen? Why were we not notified so that we can make an informed decision on our child? And unfortunately, in today's age, with the liberal think that we have permeating our school districts, uh, they seem to have, they seem to think that they know better for a parent yeah. on how to do the child than the parent knows on how to handle a child. Um, they're making decisions and taking them out of the hands of parents and doing things, I, I, which I'm sorry. Uh, 
there should be no one standing between a parent and a child, period. But yeah. they, they decided wow. to stand in between and make a decision, right or wrong, without informing a parent. And I, I think it's curious, you know, this whole story, you know, when I was reading the MSN article on this, of course, they, they had to retain a lawyer uh, from the Alliance Defending Freedom. The, the part that I find interesting about this, they knew mom was there, right? So I don't know if they felt compelled and more brave <laughs> to do this because mom was there or it was just um, in your face type of situation, knowing that these are Christian parents. And um, you are correct. The daughter was very brave. It's 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 sad that she had to go into the bathroom and call her mom and let her mom know what was going on. And she would have never been told from reading the article had the young man not said something to her about that. The fact that yeah. he was transitioning type of thing. And, and transitioning today could mean a little bit of anything, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're changing anything, so to speak. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what is What disturbs me, though, is that here is an 11-year-old child, a boy, for whatever reason, is confused. And right. rather than trying to think of how to help this boy, because he is mentally and physically not developed enough to make an adult decision about changing your gender. And the human brain, we know scientifically, has been proven is not fully developed sexually and logically until the age of 25. Yeah. To have an 11-year-old child make a life-altering decision about what gender he or she will be, uh, it to me is child abuse. And here you have two children being abused. The 11-year-old boy who's a victim of whatever is confusing him, and a young girl who has to make an adult decision, an 11-year-old, on what to do. And fortunately, she made a right choice. And that's a benefit to the parents, the way the parents have raised that child. And God bless them for doing that. They have a very intelligent young lady with them. Um, but to place that child in that situation is unforgivable. I mean, I can remember, you know, as a kid, and you go on these field trips and and different things, whether it's sports or some club or 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 something of that nature that was never even a thought to put males and females together in a room uh apparently this this boy is saying he's a girl and like i was saying this whole transition thing is such a farce uh i mean i could say that i'm a, a marshmallow and you know, be a marshmallow for a day or whatever. It it doesn't make sense. Uh, I heard someone say, I am not going to agree with your mental illness just because you, you are a man and say you are a woman. I don't have to agree with your mental issue. That's something that you need to take care of with a medical professional type of situation. But we're putting something on children that adults can't even deal with. And we're expecting an eleven-year-old to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I can remember being in those in those rooms, and it was all girls in my room. There wouldn't be any. That would never be a thought. And now we've they tried to so normalize things 
uh, I was watching an interview with these this couple, this family, and they were saying that, you know, like you were saying, they're going to go talk to the school board and how they they may need to ask to opt out. Seriously? Yeah. Why should they have to ask to opt out? This is a no-brainer. You know, we have a situation where you have children of such a young age who have either just started to enter puberty and are questioning their bodies, or they have not quite even reached that point yet. And they're asking these children to actively make an adult decision. That's wrong. That's exactly that is simply That is simply completely wrong. You know, you even adults handling a situation like that have difficulty. Now, at one point, it was required you had to go through psychotherapy and go through years of that before you do a physical transition. And now that's that's off the table. Right. And why? The question is why? Why, why is that off the table? Why is there this rush, especially in young people, to have this happen. I mean, is this the, you know, is this that whole thinning out the herd globalist type it's of situation? Part, that's you part know? of it, but also follow the Benjamins, follow the money. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Yes. And they okay. will make money off some way, somehow, the drugs, the surgeries, everything else with no, no, as far as I can see, thought to how this is going to affect these individuals. And we'll be back. Yep, we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes, and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and jcarolpublishing.com or through your local bookstore. Get it, read it, tell people about it, and write a review on Amazon. This is Dan Perkins. Well, welcome back to Moms Across America. This is Vicki Tonkins and Annie Ubelis with you again. And uh, a question was brought up. So we have a problem. What do we do about it? So yes. what can moms and dads do, Annie, in this situation? Familiarize yourself with what uh, laws are, are in existence dealing with parents' rights with their children. Also look at sexual abuse laws. Uh, in many cases, now I'm looking at New York state law because that was what I was trained on. Um, there are certain instances where something like this would be considered child abuse. Familiarize yourself with what the laws are. Uh, you have these children's story hours where you have transgenders exposing themselves to children. It That is sexual abuse. Yes. Know what your laws are. Uh, find organizations that will offer free legal advice and attorneys that will work pro bono if you cannot afford an attorney, but consult one and just at this point, I'm sorry, parents, you've got to educate yourself because the media won't 
help you. Don't look to them. Look to your legal advice. And more importantly, know that you do have rights as a parent over your child. And if someone tells you you don't, arm yourself with the law. Exactly. And that's one of the things that we have going on here. We have some lawsuits going on here uh, against the some of the, the materials that are in libraries, not just in the schools, but in the public libraries. I mean, some of the stuff that's it's 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 pornography. And and like you said, Annie, we have laws here that say that is a crime because you are perpetrating on a child. And and for I think we have such an agenda now where this is so pushed with the SEL, with the CRT, everything is kind of working together where they're trying to say, well, if a child feels this way, if the, this boy feels like a girl, then we've just got to have to understand that and 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 you're just going to have to get used to it. A situation like this can be dangerous. Exactly. And one of the things we were saying on the break is, so say this is not an 11-year-old, say this is a 15-year-old and a biological male and a, and a biological females are in these rooms together and... Um, oh no, the next thing you know, she's pregnant after this yeah. meeting, after this event, after this field trip. These are the kind of consequences that can happen when you don't have adults in place making adult decisions. Exactly, exactly. And then that would be statutory rape. Again, Absolutely. you have to know your law. And more importantly, show up at the school board meetings. Yes. Know who your elected officials are. And someone told me that working inside a representative's office, they said one or two people call. All right. It's a small issue. Right. Five people call. They're going to start looking at it. Ten people call. Wait a minute. We've got something here. Twenty people call. It is a crisis. Yep. Now, a representative, depending upon what state you're in, has so many people in their district. That's thousands. Mm -hmm. Hundreds of thousands. But if 20 people pick up the phone and call that representative, they're going to light a fire. And that way you can change the laws, change these new ideas and, and put something in place to protect the parent and the child. Right. And like you were saying earlier, you know, it may come down to lawsuits. And I know this family here in Colorado They've already hired Alliance Defending Freedom, and they're going to be going before the school board, and they're going to be talking about this. This is not. This is something that where, like you're saying, the laws and the rules are going to have to be changed. You you can't put children in a situation where this types types of things can happen. And I can promise you, if they don't change it, it's going to happen. You have just given an open door to perps mm -hmm. let's just call it what it is that's that's going to happen and um it saddens me because my background is in education it saddens me that we have people sitting on these boards and sitting on these different rule making committees that can't see their hand in front of their face because they're so afraid that they're going to offend somebody who wants to be a boy who is who was a girl or vice versa and it's becoming to where it's going to become dangerous for children. It already is. Exactly. Exactly. And as I say, 
politics are all local. And if you bring it up before your city council, your county council, your school board, you make your voice heard. I mean, I've shown up at school board meetings and I was not blessed with children. But it's my tax dollars going out there and how those children's what they learn and how they are turned out into the community means how my community itself acts and behaves. So if I want to live in a low crime area, I want to make sure that child is educated and well enough that they can go out and earn a living rather than steal for a living. Yes. All politics are local. Even if you don't have kids, your taxes influence what go on. And make sure you know what is going on. And that there has been an uptick here where I live in people really getting engaged and saying enough is enough. Because like I said earlier, there's a lawsuit going on right now um and it's been brought before our da saying hey what are you going to do about this there's pornographic material that students are being exposed to what are you going to do about it and um people are going to commissioner meetings they're going to um uh city council meetings and they're saying this material is not acceptable and here's what the law says they're not just cut like you were saying annie They've armed themselves with the law. They're not just going in, this is how I feel. No, they're going in with the law and saying, the law says, this is abuse, cut it out. Fix this problem. And they're demanding it. They're not backing down. No, no. I I had one young lady uh, joining my tea party group one day asking about what I knew about the local library. And honestly, I hadn't been in the library in years. But she went in and recognized that there were books that were inappropriate for children in the children's section. And she was able to get them removed and placed in an adult section, restricting child access to them. One person, one voice can make a big difference. Don't think that that your voice is meaningless. It does have effect if used effectively. And moms, we've been talking about this for a very long time. You remember when there was this big, huge surge, huge, huge surge of parents going to school board board meetings. It started making a difference. Things started changing. Well, what happened? One of the things I kept emphasizing is we cannot let that wane. We have to keep going. We have to keep pressing. We have to keep speaking up. Because that is the only way that you will be recognized and change will happen. Well, a lot of people have heard that and they're doing exactly that. They're keeping the surge on. They're keeping the process going on. They're going into those school board meetings. They're going into those commission meetings. They're going into those um, other meetings where the, the elected officials are there. And they're saying, no, we are the parent and we get to make these decisions. And we're telling you, stop it. Get these books out of these areas because they're not appropriate for children and you're breaking the law. Now, when these guys start getting sued for perpetrating on a child, maybe somebody will start listening. Exactly. Exactly. And what you need is to find like-minded parents also to work with them because realize you're not in this alone. There's other individuals facing the very same situation. And if you get like-minded... Even if you go to your local county GOP meeting, yes. it will allow you to speak up and maybe they can put forward a resolution or something to petition for a law to be changed. 
there is power out there. Just know where to look. And that's the important thing. Look and do a little internet search to see what is in your area, what groups are out there. Uh, there's groups out on Facebook. If you can get yourself together with others, you have a more powerful voice. You're not alone. And one of the things I said early on in our show, uh, it's probably been a year ago now, I told parents, I should show up your child's school. Show up yes. and see what's going on in those classrooms. You have a right to be there, not only just as a parent, but also as a taxpayer. Show up. I did that with my children. I, I would just walk in. I would just walk into the school and say, I need to go to my child's class. Yes. And that's what I did. And the schools must show you what books they're using, what textbooks they're using. Yes. Yes. So you can contact your local school district and find out how you can find sit down with them. And they'll allow you to open the textbooks and read them and look at them and see what they're being taught. You're allowed to see what the curriculum is being taught to your child. So don't be afraid to ask. Exactly. And don't, and, and, and here's the thing, you have that right. We, we're always going to go back to the constitution. What is your constitutional right? You have that freedom to be able to go in those schools. You have a first amendment right to do this. Go take care of business parents. Go take care of business. That's what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, and I know there's this thing, well, I work, my husband works, we both work, we don't have time. Yes, you do. Take a comp day. Go check yeah. on your child. Go check on what's doing. I promise you, I promise you it will be worth it. Especially when you go in on a surprise visit. Those are yeah. the best. <laughs> but I would also suggest contact your state representative and your state senate. Because there may be programs in place to take your child out of public school and put them into private or a charter school or something, or even have vouchers that will help you pay for homeschooling. Find out what is there in your state by contacting your state representative and your state senate. I mean, this, this is going to be a constant. This is not going to go away. It's not going to go away quickly. Uh, I equate when you when you're looking to make change, I equate it to my brother was in the Navy and I remember watching the ship come in. I mean, you got to understand these ships are the size of small cities. The number of people are on there, you know, and his ship had more people on our, our whole little town where we grew up, you know, and uh, it takes all these, I think they're called dinghies or something like that, that, that pull the, help pull the, the ship in and got it. Cause it's so huge. It took hours for that ship to be brought into dock. This is something that is, it's going to take some time, but it's that consistent pushing, just like that little dinghy getting it in that slot where that ship is supposed to be. It's going to take that constant pushing and pulling and working together, just like you were saying, Annie, parents getting together on this, moving and, and getting these things changed. But it will happen if we don't stop. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for being with us today. As always, we appreciate you watching the, the show and being with us. And hopefully we've given you some tools to help you when it comes to uh, helping your children in the education system. Uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate you being here. And remember, moms across America, you are America. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. God bless. 
I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes, and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and J. Carroll Publishing. or through your local bookstore. Get it, read it, tell people about it, and write a review on Amazon. This is Dan Perkins. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.